And let us begin. <laughs> what? That sounds I, like when you like your teacher hands out the test and they're like, you can begin. <laughs> you flip it over. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was just trying to do something different. Um, good afternoon, Content Swap listeners. It is 12.20 p.m. on Saturday for us. And I'm like tired. Um, <laughs> like I got to warm up my vocal cords yeah. in order to to do this so yeah welcome to the content swap podcast you are joined by parker and Aaliyah. hey we got it that time um <laughs> here to talk about the content that we swapped this past week <laughs> that um, sounds weird <laughs> i don't know the content swap cast um <laughs> the other day i was driving and i was like does our title sound gross <laughs> like swapping content the word swap, no the word swap sounds weird why i don't know it's a swap is so straightforward it's I'm, yeah it makes sense two parties have something and then they both give each other that thing <laughs> they They're swap swapping. it yeah <laughs> i don't know swapping i thought it like i was thinking too hard about the word swap i was like Ooh. yeah i had that happen earlier this week about the word bonus i saw the word bonus just mm. written so many times it was like bonus <laughs> it's like you get happy for this word bonus, bonus. Yeah. bonus. we had a whole like debate of like what consider like what counts as a bonus episode oh yeah well, yeah that's right um that was probably it was probably why um <laughs> yeah we, we talked about what would be a bonus episode what would be a special episode yeah because we've done a bonus episode. I was correct. Yes, she was correct. A bonus episode <laughs> is when we have no plan to uh, be posting something on that day, but you get something anyway. Hence, a bonus. Yeah, it's, you have to add something for it to be a bonus. Yes. A special... Replacing something doesn't make it a bonus. It's just a replacement. Right. <laughs> and in that case, it was a an episode where we weren't going to be posting that week because we were going to go on a vacation, but... Our friend got COVID, so uh, it was a bonus episode because you weren't expecting it. Mm -hmm. Now, a special episode would be just us not swapping content and <laughs> us doing something different. Yes. It would literally be the epitome of what our first bonus episode was, but <laughs> as a special episode. It's all about Which is why I was arguing that they were kind of the same thing. <laughs> No, it's like it but had I different it. circumstances. Yes, yeah, I get it. <laughs> All right, now I'm feeling I'm feeling warmed up. I'm feeling ready. You ready? Yes. All right. So this week, yes, this week we chose a theme again, um, and we'll see how this goes. Yeah, this was a tough. Theme. This was very tough. So we chose podcasts. Um, fingers crossed, we don't get in any trouble for this. Uh, full <laughs> disclosure: if any of these. If either of these podcasts sound interesting, stop listening and just go listen to those. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's still listen to well, our yeah, maybe podcast. still listen to us, but we might have like some spoilers about some of the content. But um, these are not the only things that these content creators, these these podcasts, uh, have out there. They're both really good, so I recommend checking them both out. Mm -hmm. um, let this be free advertisement for them uh, and us not taking any potential listenership away from them. <laughs> With that said, I was assigned the Cult Podcast. Be Sorry, my bad. It's not the Cult Podcast. It's Cult Podcast <laughs> because I had a hard time finding it originally. 
because I was like, is it cult podcast or the cult podcast? <laughs> it's just called cult podcast. Yeah. What were you going to say? Um, real quick before you get into yours, because I think this is like heavy subject matter. Uh, so just a trigger warning for anyone. If we talk about anything, there's like suicide involved, etc. Yeah, there's um, a... Yes. Yeah. So just a trigger warning. Go ahead and continue. Yes. This <laughs> is... Uh, yeah. Okay. So you gave me cult podcast and you specifically assigned me... Um, there are episodes covering Heaven's Gate, which supposedly, is, I don't know a lot about cults, but supposedly this is like the most mainstream one that people know about. According it's, to me. It's the cult of cults, yes. as it's been defined. Yes. Um, many documentaries have come out on this. This cult's website still exists. I've Does it really? If, yes, I went to it. It is entirely html there's i inspected the page there's maybe like two lines of css code but it is like it is all html which just means it's not it just means it's really not stylized by like modern standards at all like Mm -hmm. everything is uh everything is like to the left and nothing's really centered it's all just like Mm. lines broken up and then more lines of just like words and things and then like just really old school mm-hmm. like graphics things like that you'll get it when you see it mm-hmm. now um the, uh, i wanted to, about to say the cult podcast um cult podcast <laughs> is a podcast created by well i don't know if it, i think it was created by this woman Paige and her old roommate but then um at the time of me listening uh right now it's just Paige and armando but the episodes that we listened to were Paige, armando and andrea yeah so um it used to be like Paige, and i think her name was maria but pretty early on it ended up being Paige, armando and andrea andrea's always been there too okay um well i don't know if she was there when when um maria was there but I yeah. checked. I checked their website and it said that Andrea was no longer part of the podcast. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Okay, it's been a while since I've listened to this podcast. Which okay. honestly, it really sparked me. Like going back, I was like, I forgot how much I love this podcast. I mean, I mean, listening. yeah. I well, yeah. First thing I want to say, you know, you know, it's first time listening to this podcast. I've only listened to Heaven's Gate so far, and I am, I'm in. I'm like, <laughs> what else they got? Their website. Um, their website has like a an intro that says new to our podcast start here and it's like some Ted Bundy stuff Heaven's Gate maybe Jonestown was on there mm. um so you best believe I'm going to be listening to that stuff cuz this was really interesting i will say um you know they they go over the Heaven's Gate cult over the course of four podcast episodes they range in time between like an hour and a half to 2 hours and a lot of the time they do kind of just joke around about stuff. Sometimes it's a little difficult to tell like, wait, was that um, sarcasm? Was that a joke? Or was that like the real thing? Because um, <laughs> there is a lot of sarcasm. Yeah. yeah. But that makes it a lot of fun to listen to at the same time. Yeah. They both have their like, because usually it's either Paige who's doing like who brings in the project and like uh-huh. does all the reading and stuff like that and all the facts or it's usually armando so it's one or the other and armando is definitely like he'll throw in things that are like sarcastic and then yeah. you're like huh yeah. <laughs> like you even hear them like what and he's like no no no, no i'm kidding i'm kidding yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i feel like Paige does that a little bit less Paige pretty much just like goes through the like stuff okay yeah. well there 
they have a great dynamic, the three of them. They're very quippy constantly. Um, I think they are all comedians in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it all really works. You know, comedians doing a podcast. Go figure. We're not comedians, but I hope people think we're funny um, <laughs> <laughs> when we try to be. But anyway, um, this also happened to be at the time that they were recording their 100th episode and launching their Patreon, which would be a good time for us to announce we don't have a Patreon yet. Uh, (laughs) Maybe one day. Uh, So my notes are a little like jumbled on this. So if you have any like, you know, key insights or like information that you know about this specific call as we're kind of going through it, um, feel free to fill in because I... As we said, we it was kind of tough to do uh, taking notes on like podcasts because you're always just listening. Mm-hmm. If you're pulling it from your memory or pulling it from something that you listen to, you can't just like put a static visual in your head and like remember a whole lot just associated with that as mm-hmm. you could with pretty much everything else that we usually uh, would assign. So um, I also was like doing other stuff while I was listening to this. So I wasn't always taking conscious notes. So uh, some of this might just be from my memory and some of this is uh, just from my notes. And <laughs> yeah, my notes are a little all over the place. So let's just uh, let's just jump into like, what is what is Heaven's Gate? Mm-hmm. Um, so as I understand it, it was this cult that was started by this guy, Marshall Applewhite, um, junior i think uh and i think his middle name is herf so and the, the cult pod or sorry cult podcast just refers to him as herf throughout the entire story as i, I read a little bit about cold po- uh so, my bad heaven's gate <laughs> um and it's he's really just referred to as marshall applewhite and not mm-hmm. herf uh, well, i think they just had like fun name. referring to him as a herf yeah oh yeah and he the, also has like a name from like the cult like yes called Doe. yes yeah so it's Marshall Applewhite and this woman, Bonnie... Forgot Nettles, her last. I think? But yes, that's right. Bonnie Nettles. Mm-hmm. And within the cult, they are referred to as tea and dough. So their whole belief system centers around aliens. <laughs> uh, you got... Yeah, you heard that right. Um, it's like the UFO cult. Mm-hmm. Um... So I don't even know where to go from there. They basically well, let me like flesh out that a little yeah, bit before like, we just. <laughs> I mean, I've got yeah, like astrology fits into the picture heavily. Like when yeah. they first met, like mm-hmm. he was. They like they. How do I don't even describe this? He uh, actually, do you have stuff on his early life? I don't really have any. Notes I mean, on that. pretty much, he grew up in the church. Like I feel like most cult leaders do. Uh-huh. They're like their parents or whatever are always pretty religious and kind of have a background in like leading people in the church. And that's pretty much I think Herb's background is his parents were like church leaders, really great at it, really great at like recruiting people to like come to the church that's and things right. like that. Um, and so in terms of his early life to like very much simplify it he kind of grew up with the skill set to be able to kind of lead in that sort of sense yes um he kind of like goes off you know away from his parents i think he like becomes like a teacher at some point a music teacher yeah um yeah he kind of just like does a lot of different stuff yeah he does all these kind of different things um but the kind of root of how at least in the podcast they frame how he kind of got into this like cult is they believe that he identified well 
they believe he was gay. Um, but because, you know, you have this tension of back in the day, that wasn't really an appropriate thing to be. Right. Um, he was really having hard, a hard time kind of forming relationships with people, like long lasting relationships with people. Right. Um, either because of the stigma of being gay or like if he was with women, couldn't really fully connect with women. Right, um, right, right. And so he basically was just like kind of lonely, kind of on his own, doing his own thing. Came across Bonnie who got out of a divorce and was also kind of just like on her own doing her own thing really into kind of uh, like spirituality in the sense of like astrology and things like that um and they kind of just connected we're like we're both lonely and we have like this connection let's do our thing well yeah that's one way of putting it because <laughs> uh as as i understand when they they met at a hospital that yeah. she was working at she was a she was a nurse yeah yeah so she was a nurse they meet at this hospital and they uh, they recount it like they had known each other all along. Um, mm-hmm. And she mentions that she's into astrology and he's like, well, let me go to my car and get my birth certificate, which like, that's convenient. I don't keep my birth certificate in the car. <laughs> but um, he goes and gets it. She reads his chart and then she basically says that they are lovers from a past life and they Mm -hmm. have to complete an all-important mission Mm. um which is a pretty intense way to meet somebody (laughs) yeah (laughs) if i do say yeah Um, and i love that the podcast like they have like a they talk about the theories of like apparently the girls like bonnie's daughter went to the school that herf taught at and so like they probably met there but um, then like they didn't remember because you know why would you remember that random thing and then when they meet at the like hospital or whatever it's like they're like oh i I feel like i've met you before and it's like yeah you have (laughs) (laughs) dang i don't know how true i don't the podcast i don't know if they like were like this is fact that this is probably this is probably what happened or not right well okay from there they couldn't figure out what their all-important mission was Mm -hmm. and then i believe at some point they basically just come to a realization that they are um these two people from some story in the bible do you have uh do you happen to remember what that was i don't but in terms of like the overall mission i think what they well, what they started yeah. to believe at some point yeah. had to do with like there's aliens on every planet and our ascended masters are on Venus and they are going to enlighten the earth. And uh, Herf was the one that figured this out because he had been contacted by them. Mm. Um, and so they needed to go spread this message. And they got some woman, I think her name was Nancy, mm-hmm. to basically buy into all of this and like basically become their hype man mm-hmm. that's how cult podcast uh, put it <laughs> um for them to go like travel across the country and like spread the word and try to recruit people mm-hmm. and they uh apparently nancy is just like the worst hype man ever <laughs> um she like had a child she had like a two-year-old child and a husband that she left to go help uh Herf slash Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie um, spread their message, which is kind of nuts. Um, but it, I think it just like wasn't going well. Or I think it was that Herf went to jail because he the rental car that they got to go travel across the country, uh, he stole it. And so um, 
he goes to jail. Bonnie goes back to her life and her job somehow. Like, that's crazy. Um, let's see. But yeah, somewhere along the way, I just I have a note that says all religions are aliens and that they convinced <laughs> a town of 20 people to join them saying that ascending... Uh, ascending to like their masters on Venus is not going to require suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that for later. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. So, um, also at some point, Herf gets kicked out of Mexico because he had multiple, or sorry, New Mexico. Very important. Um, because he had multiple lovers and they, who were all men and they all found out. So he had to dip real fast. Mm-hmm. This is all like secondhand knowledge coming from somebody who is giving secondhand knowledge while also <laughs> being sarcastic throughout the whole thing. So if I'm muddling, muddying up the facts, just know that. Go if you really want to read about all this stuff, go read about it. There are websites. There's a documentary on HBO. Anyway, and that documentary is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Okay, yeah. Don't don't take. <laughs> the word that I say is gospel. Go check it out for yourself. <laughs> Don't go telling people. <laughs> You're like looking at me like, is that right? I'm like, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not trying to spread misinformation. That would be the last thing that I would want to do. I'm trying my best here, but these are the notes yeah. that I've got on uh, my own podcast. So uh, let me just make that clear. <laughs> Don't take what I'm saying for like fact. Fact. Yes. Take it with a grain could of salt. Could be discrepancies. Yes. Now, uh let's see uh oh yeah around this part is when i said i checked out their website um inspected the page no no css all html it's great you really should go check it out like if you're listening right now go heavensgate.com mm-hmm. it'll really kind of instantly give you a visual in which to just like reference the whole vibe of this cult off of mm-hmm. uh because it's wild now um Everybody in the cult, I have, yeah, so I had, I had this note that everybody in the cult had to go through a three-step process, and that was leaving your old life behind, transforming yourself, and overcoming human attachments, which seems to become, like, a really big thing for, you know, everybody that joins. And there are, like, multiple stages throughout the years. Like, this is all in, this is all starting in, what, the 1970s, right? Ooh, I feel like I wrote down the dates. It's in the 70s, definitely. Okay. Yeah, it was 72. It started at 72 and ended 92. Sorry, okay. 97. Yeah, 97. Um, so, yeah, this is all this is all happening in the 70s. But throughout the course of, like, the two and a half decades that this group was active, they are sometimes just chilling and then other times actively recruiting. So it goes back and forth. So just assume along the way, like, they're spreading the word and people are joining up, which is nuts uh, to me. But anyway, um, I have a really interesting note here that uh, Colt Podcast said, this is not related to Heaven's Gate, but they they made a note that um, at some point, Okay, yeah, so they, they they made a note that a lot of the people that are in cults that they've discussed, uh, for some reason, at one point or another, were in the House of Representatives, which is like, that's pretty scary. They do what? They were in the House of Representatives. Like, different people attached to different cults that they've discussed in the past had somebody what? in some way that used to be in the House of Representatives. Wow. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> 
scary. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, at one point in the podcast, they referred to the town of Los Gatos, which is, uh, I'm from that area, Bay Area, what up, where are you at? Scary. Um, <laughs> well, I'm kidding. No, it was, so I think it was this guy, David, lived in Los Gatos, mm-hmm. and it's just, we just call it Los Gatos, actually. I'm just, I'm putting that, uh, that, like, slight Spanish accent on how you pronounce it in Spanish, but it's, we just call it Los Gatos. Um, but, uh, so yeah, they, they were in, uh, this guy, David was in Los Gatos and then he, um, ended up joining the cult and went to San Francisco and his mom wanted to see if he was okay. And she like went because she'd kind of heard about the group, she found out that he was okay and that he was happy. And so she kind of left him alone to do his own thing. And then, she just started to not hear from him for a long time. Um, it would be, you know, like one year, then it would be two years. And so then eventually she just kind of like her, her life was falling on hard times because she was concerned about like, she didn't know where her son was. So she basically just like devoted her life to trying to track him down. And in that process, she, um, started a newsletter and, uh, helped parents of other members um kind of like put out feelers of like where their children are um and eventually he like called her and said like this is me this is your son because he like caught wind of the newsletters like this is me this is your son if you and the other parents promise not to try and kidnap us from the cult like then you'll hear from us um and so she like did get to she like got that uh, reconciliation, I guess that solace, mm-hmm. um, that closure that like, okay, he was okay. Um, mm-hmm. but he was one of the people that ended up going like all the way through to the end with this mm-hmm. cult. Um, the sad thing about cults, because like there's like specific in terms of like the definition of cults, there's like specific kind of criteria it has to follow. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is like isolation from, like the world your family and everything like separation Mm -hmm. um and so there's like a a documentary on a very recent cult nexium which i think might still be into play but the the guy who was like the head of it had like a whole trial like a year or two ago because of all this crazy mess going on and like sexual assault and things like that um but anyway like that's a big thing too it's like the the girl who's kind of like the the focus of this documentary at the time she was maybe like 19 and it was like a self-help kind of like oh come to this talk and like it's self-help and like you'll learn a lot from it um and so her and her mom went it's a lot of like wealthy people who are involved things like that well-known people they go and you see they're like they're trying to kind of separate her from her mom and they're like well you go in this group over here your mom will go over here and so she's like okay and she like goes on her own little group and they're like as you know she progresses throughout this thing the mom's like, you know what? This kind of like the vibes here, not feeling it. And the mom's like, I think, you know, we should pull back. And she's like, no, I really like it. And they're like really kind of putting into her head, like, you don't need your mom. You need to separate from your mom. Like your mom's holding you back type of thing. I feel like I did hear about this. Yeah. And it's like crazy. It's just, it's so sad to see like how these like manipulation tactics kind of start and like, you know, pulling you away from other people who can like kind of bring you back like to like, earth <laughs> i hate to yeah. say it like that but like ground you and like be like hey this is not okay and then like, 
to see because throughout the documentary you see her mom be like I feel so guilty I didn't do enough to like try and get her out of that when like her mom was really trying to like yeah. get lawyers get people contact people who had been a part of the cult who like somehow got out be like hey can you help me like I'm trying to get my daughter out all this stuff but wow yeah yeah I mean cults are just really interesting on a basic psychological mm-hmm. group and individual level mm-hmm. um I mean there's the manipulation that goes into well really like every facet of yeah. it um but like yeah. you know there's the getting somebody to start believing and mm-hmm. um you know like giving them like something to care about because I think mm-hmm. a lot of their uh Heaven's Gate rec- uh their recruitment was uh done at places like uh I don't know the proper terms for it, but like it seemed like just like not not like rehab centers, but like places where people were like trying to who had like fallen on hard times. Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what term you're trying to find, but like, yeah, I get what you mean of like a lot of cults will kind of prey on people who are like it's like they have nothing left. And so they're kind of they're more like malleable in terms of like falling and like going into those beliefs and like taking on those beliefs because it's like, well, I have nothing left. Or if like they've been struggling, then like someone can come in and convince them like you're living your life wrong. These things are bad. You need to follow us to be good type of thing. Yes. That sounds like what I was trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, I mean that, that there's that element to it. And then there's like, once you're among this group, and you know everybody that you're exposed to believes the same thing mm-hmm. and you know at that point it, you're just part of like groupthink. like you mm-hmm. can't yeah. it's re- it becomes really hard to deviate it becomes really hard to speak up yeah um especially which in the case of heaven's gate they introduce new rules constantly mm-hmm. um i mean I, I think at the end they had like a phone book sized mm-hmm. rule book that had been written up, which is like just wild. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all had to kind of wear the same clothes. They had uh, communal mm-hmm. underwear. <laughs> I dare someone to be like, we have to share these undies. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Like just, no. <laughs> it, it was just to make laundry easy. It was like, yeah. You would all wear the same thing. You would, but you didn't know if you were wearing like the same shirt as the last time. So like that's that's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. And their their diet was became at some point some kind of like was, was this yeah. accurate? I don't this, know. It like according to cult podcast, <laughs> it was like some Kool Aid meat drink. <laughs> it was, no. It was, I think they had like, I think they put like protein powder because at first they were like vegetarian, but then they switched that and then they like made Kool-Aid, but put like protein powder or something in it. That's insane. (laughs) I'm surprised nobody died just from that being their sole (laughs) diet. Ooh, gross. Um, But kind of like really quickly going back to like the criteria for like cults, Mm -hmm. um, something you mentioned made me think of this but like every cult is different too in terms of like once you're in it how to like keep you in it Mm -hmm. because like i feel like with heaven's gate and maybe i'm forgetting something but at at least with heaven's gate there wasn't like use of like violence to like scare you to staying in it like if you kind of 
that's de- true. yeah if you kind of yeah. didn't if you didn't follow a rule like one of the rules was like no sex but if like someone you know had sex it's, it wasn't like a oh we're like now you're punished like we have to do something right bad. they just had to admit to the group that they had what sens- yeah sensual slippage <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like they just had to tell everyone um but there are a lot of cults that are very violent where the leaders will like harm people if they like deviate from plans right um with like nexium it was like they held collateral over people so you had to give them Sounds like scientology yeah you had to like give them something that they could release and like ruin your life if you deviated from what they said and yeah so i mean i hate to be like at least heaven's gate wasn't that bad i'm not saying that at all because like it's still awful the outcome of that but at least there wasn't as much violence that was like, well, I will later on. They talk about how the cult members themselves wanted to be castrated. Yeah, so that was my that. next note. So if we want to talk about yeah, that, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Um, let's see. Well, actually, no, that's not my that's my <laughs> that's not my next note. We can get to that. But before that ha- happened, um, things started to kind of go. Uh, astray when bonnie in the 80s uh she had some eye pain that became really sharp and acute and um eventually she had to get her eye removed because she had cancer in her eye and then at that point it had spread to her liver and so she ended up passing away but the whole point their whole message i think is it the demonstration Mm -hmm. was supposed to be that Herf and Bonnie T and Doe um, would ascend like the two of them would like die and ascend to like meet their masters in Venus in like the craft, the spacecraft. Mm -hmm. And then three days later they would like come back and pick everybody else up. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were supposed to like, the big thing is they're supposed to die together. Right. They're supposed to die together, but then she, and, and it's not, it wasn't supposed to be, or it's, they, they said they're supposed to die together, but they don't, they weren't clarifying like that. It was specifically supposed to be like suicide or anything like that. It was just like whenever, like we're both going to die at the same time, kind of leaving it up to like whatever reason that they could die. So she dies, but then he stayed and then he ended up telling the group like, oh, he got a message from uh there you know from venus Mm -hmm. that um i actually forgot what what the message was (laughs) but basically just some some mumbo jumbo about like oh it's okay like you know we Mm -hmm. still have work to do she needed to go early Mm -hmm. and like the group just you know buys into it yeah but i think it's so interesting too and i feel like of all the of all the like episodes of the cult podcast that I've listened to of all the different cults so far, which there's like a ton I still haven't really learned about, but of all of them, it's like, I feel most sympathy for Herf. <laughs> like, Oh, because he lost his best friend. Well, his, his podcast put it. not just that, but it's like, I feel like he had a very good heart and I feel like he just really was very lost person mm. because like you, even when this happens, when she dies, like, he's, he's like, questioning. He's, like, what am I doing, you know? Like, what is going on? And even she, right before she died, they say that she was, like, also questioning, like, what are we doing? Is this right? Have we, like, done something wrong? I don't remember that part. 
and it's in there because okay. it's the one part that I remember. But yeah, but they're both they both kind of like question like, wait, what are we doing? Is this what we're supposed to do? And it's actually the members that kind of take the reins and they're like, no, remember the mission, like remember this, like Herf, we got to do this, Herf, we need to do this, and he's kind of like, okay, okay, and kind of gets back onto it. But I mean, I have a hard time feeling sympathetic for this guy that convinced a whole group of people I mean, to start drinking protein Kool Aid <laughs> and then started having second thoughts later on. No, I'm absolutely, <laughs> I'm absolutely not condoning anything, and I. Like, it should not, none of this should have happened. But at the same time, like, on a psychological level, because you, you, in a lot of the episodes that Cult Podcast does, they start from the very beginning. Right, how right. Was this they person, go, they right, go How deep, was this yeah. person raised? All that kind of stuff. What kind of, like, psychologically maybe led them to, like, being a cult leader. And for the most part, I'm always like, oh, my gosh, this person sucks. They're so awful. Like, they're just, like, terrible. <laughs> just, and. I hate to say that because, like, they have lived a lot of trauma in their, like, childhoods. Right. A lot have been, like, sexually assaulted as children, and that's horrible. But like, but usually, by, like, still, I'm like, this is just terrible. But, yeah. But, like, I don't know. For some reason, for her, I don't have that same, like, just, like, outright anger constantly at him. I'm kind of like, that okay. sucks. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I mean, maybe it is just me, but I'm, I'm just kind of like... None of this should have happened, and I really wish that, like, something had, like, intervened before or, like, right. something had happened in order for this to not go that far. Um, and it's also hard for me to, like, wrap my brain around the fact that, like, to this, like, well, I don't know how many people who got out of Heaven's Gate are still alive today, but, like... So many people, even after that, were like, I still fully believe in everything he said, and I don't think there's anything wrong. And it's like, whoa. Like, somebody left that was like, nothing has really made sense the same since. Yeah. It's like, ooh, that's scary. But I think all of this just really provides a picture of just, like, the malleability of the human brain. Yeah. And the way that we connect to each other and the way that, like... We live in the society that we have now because we've built up, like, a set of rules to abide by and, like, we teach what, like, common decency is and a lot Mm -hmm. of that, a lot of that over the course of just human history is developed from, like, survival instincts, like, just as at the root of all of it. Mm -hmm. And so, but at the end of the day, like... We've created the law, like everything's made up mm-hmm. and it's all in my, in my view, just, yeah, like a system that we created in order to like coexist with each other and everything else on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, now where that, like the, but the thing about that is that when you get to like a certain amount of uh, people in the world like we know in statistics like there are always outliers Mm -hmm. like you can statistically predict things as well as you want but like there will always be outliers and when you have like seven billion people in the world there are a lot of people that are outliers from that societal norm that we've developed Mm -hmm. um nowadays this surfaces in all kinds of different ways but in the context of cults Mm -hmm. um it definitely like i guess it makes sense to me that these things happen Mm -hmm. it makes sense that like 
history has played out the way that it has because like in just survival and like biosocial anthropology like it's there are like survival strategies in like certain animals that are like Mm -hmm. they benefit from like doing the thing that is evil Mm -hmm. um and so like in that regard i'm like okay yeah it makes sense that like all of this happened from just like how our brains work and all of that which is obviously not great Mm -hmm. um but I guess I personally just have a hard time feeling sympathy <laughs> for when it's like they willingly chose to deviate from the system and like, yes, this is the like, look where it, you know, inevitably led them. I get that like her f- went through like a really hard, ch- uh, hard childhood and all of that. And it's like, mm-hmm definitely like through his experiences that he like the you know the cards that he was dealt in life it ultimately led him to becoming the person that he did become mm-hmm. um so i i get that but in yeah. but like to create this whole thing mm-hmm. that to create this whole thing that other people started believing in mm-hmm. um with and to do it with somebody else that like you know it's also buying into it the same Mm -hmm. like i I don't know it's i it's just like i can't just help but think like that it's on you like you you did this i mean i'm not trying to take away i'm not trying to not hold him accountable yeah that's not what i'm trying to do i'm not yeah i'm not trying to make excuses i'm not yeah i'm not i don't want to make excuses for him but at the same time like in terms of just like him buying into all this, like his own just like delusions of like this stuff, it's like I feel bad to some extent that like he even got to that point of like falling into all of this type of thing. Yeah. Like like there's you see some cult leaders and it's like you see that they're literally in the in they literally create these cults to be manipulative, to get what they right. want. And it doesn't feel like Herf came into this cult to be manipulative or to like get what he wants. It just feels like he had this belief and he thought he truly believed in it mm. and was like, I think this is a important message. And like that and then people just also believed in that and he kind of formed a community in that sort of sense but i don't think he went into it of like i want to get this gain out of it like i want to okay yeah because there's like cult leaders who are like i want to have multiple wives yeah so i'm gonna tell people this bullcrap that they may know it even like it is bullcrap because i want to be able to sleep with all these women or i want to do this and like i don't feel that same sort of just like evil yeah (laughs) in this story and so that's what i mean by like i have a little bit more sympathy and a little bit more like okay i kind of feel for you a little bit than i do for example charles manson or like you know that sort of thing okay that that makes sense to me because Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of other cults like yeah it is all about power Mm -hmm. it's like sometimes cults are like a micro view of kind of like some of 
just like the bigger picture manipulation and power hungry seeking power seeking mm-hmm. that we see in like uh, politics you know yeah um <laughs> yeah so i get that it, you know they're like they're really what like as i said earlier like you know they said like you know suicide's not really part of the deal and like if he genuinely believed this and there was just like a whole group of people like you know mm-hmm. but the seating charts like <laughs> no i mean i definitely he's definitely in all the, these the, rules yeah. the, like no sex like yeah well the there podcast, is a lot of control there you know yeah and the podcast mentions like he's definitely projecting his own experience onto how the cult runs for example the no sex part because her they say like you know her if he like if he is gay and he like can't have these relationships the way that he would like to then like he says like to everyone else well you can't have sex because i'm not having sex and so like i i understand that part of like like obviously this is like a form of control and all these rules and everything like that but yeah but like i was saying it's just like i don't at least in terms of its origin i didn't I don't see it as devious as some other types of cults. I okay. just see it as like a delusional like yeah, thing. Okay. <laughs> I I will personally land on it as not as devious as other cults, but still devious. Still, yeah, still <laughs> still horrible. By all means, still terrible. Okay. <laughs> Works for me. Well, moving on. Um, wanted to get it to the castration part. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, at some point, somebody, like, I think Herf, like, floated out the idea of castration in order to, like, help people not um, act on their sexual impulses. Well, he, like, floated the idea without being, like, serious. Or at least that's how Cult Podcast kind of threw it out there. Like, Mm -hmm. he floated the idea, but then it was the group members that kind of, like, were pushing for it over Mm -hmm. the years. And then Mm -hmm. eventually when they did did decide to do it, it was, like, the group deciding, like, we want to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, obviously, they couldn't really find a doctor to do that in the United States. So, they ended up going to Mexico to find a doctor to uh to do that and apparently one member of the group decided he was going to be like the guinea pig and do it with a doctor and apparently that doctor just completely botched to that whole thing and uh didn't really go well and um well all all in all uh regardless uh you know he got all healed up they still decided they wanted to go through with it so they found a different doctor who did a much better job and they did go through with it which um okay that's really all i have on on that uh castration piece um anything else you want to say about that no (laughs) all right well the next notes that i have are basically that eventually he herf realized he wanted to die uh, as part of the demonstration like he wanted to go through with the demonstration um but um in the podcast they they, they, they framed it that, like, he said that he wanted to die as part of the demonstration and kind of was um, hoping that there were, like, other groups that were going to come attack them mm-hmm. because they were doing things that were problematic. Um, but that never happened. Like, 
um, like some cult groups kind of just get like taken out by the feds. And so like they were kind of hoping that would happen. But the It's feds, like more like one specific group. Yeah, but, yeah. The feds never came knocking. So they. But the fact that they like bought. Gu- so the, the group we're referring to is Branch Davidians, which I will talk about in just a minute because I do have some facts but um but the fact that like the people of heaven's gate brought like bought guns but then were too afraid of the guns so they yeah, just like locked, they them just away. locked them away and didn't even use them <laughs> i'm like what but they were hoping that some, like you know that, somebody yeah. like the feds would look at them like oh group they're, yeah they're and be like they're gonna do something yeah yeah well you know what there's like militias out there that <laughs> just have guns <laughs> And I don't see the feds going for them. So mm-hmm. anyway, then they eventually decided that suicide was the only option. So once they decided like on the whole suicide thing as part of like the demonstration, a handful of people did leave. And I'm assuming that some of these people were interviewed for documentaries and stuff like that. But, um, you know, they all basically believed that the earth was going to be recycled and so they needed to go through with the demonstration and ascend before that happened and so they made patches um which apparently this is like a notorious patch that they had these uh heaven's gate away team patches mm-hmm. um that kind of kind of look like like a space patch which is it's actually a pretty cool patch but um <laughs> i was gonna say that and i was like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I was like, it's kind of a cool patch. Yeah, I did Google. Lie. I was like, that's a pretty legit <laughs> thing that they had. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so to like to get ready for everything, they um, you know, they all had the same clothes. Um, they all made these. There was thirty nine of them at this point, and mm-hmm. so they they made these suits um out of fabric, and they had the patches and. Um, they went and got 39 Nikes, mm-hmm. um, 39 pairs of these infamous Heaven's Gate Nikes, which Nike are apparently decades. really, really hard to get now. Um, and sneakerheads just, uh, collect them and they go for a lot of money. I mean, after this happened, Nike like discontinued it. They were like, we don't, we're not messing with this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they're very hard to get. Okay. I have a, a fact about them a little bit later. I, I mean, did you want to just say it now? Oh, or? sure. So, I mean, the podcast mentions, because uh, I think Armando had looked looked them up, and there was a pair on eBay for 6660 bucks. Oh, yeah. Um, that pair is still... I checked to see if it was still on eBay. It is still on eBay. It's a size 12. Um, I also found a pair of eight and a halves that were uh, 35... Or 3.5K. Yeah. $3,500? Yeah, $3,500. Um, so... Yeah, there's still some on eBay. I think it's there. There was a whole uh, Vice article about sneakerheads who had these shoes, and wow. they asked, um, they asked like someone who had been a part of Heaven's Gate, like, do you feel like, like weird that people are like wearing these shoes that you know your friends died in? And they were like, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I like, mean... oh my gosh, but it it made me th- it is weird because I'm like. Like, cults are so fascinating, mm-hmm. but, like, to own something that, like, people committed suicide in, like, I yeah, would feel so off about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, that scene, is that disrespectful? Like, it's just, this is a really sad thing, but yet, you know. It's just it not something I would catch myself doing. <laughs> yeah. It's, I would, yeah, I don't want to own anything that 
came from a cult. But it but it is interesting to see, you know, people have a piece of history, I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, makes sense. I mean, there's probably other examples of like famous shoes from other mm-hmm. things that like people collected. Yeah. Didn't like the Night Stalker wear like specific type of shoe and that's I don't how know they who that is. <gasps> He was wild. Also, I'm pretty sure in the 70s, also in California. California, I'm telling you, was too dangerous in the 70s. Well, <laughs> we'll have to ask my parents about that. Um, well, uh, let's see. Basically, once they decided that they were going to go through with the whole thing, uh, they decided to spend the remainder of their money. By the way, they got their money. Like At some different points, they started to, like, the funds started to run low. And so... Uh, all the members, because a lot of these people used to have jobs, like they kind of started working again, and apparently they, um, their like net income, uh, annually got up to like three hundred fifty thousand dollars once they like had everybody had jobs again. So, um, anyway, they use their money to like get these clothes, make these patches, buy these shoes. Uh, and then they spent the rest of their money celebrating in Vegas and then also in Rancho Santa Fe, uh, San Diego, which is where, um, you know, they ended up uh, at the end. They had a pizza party, which I think all of that's really interesting that they decided to do that. And it's like this group that decides that they're going to commit suicide. I mean, it's really sad because it's like part of their whole thing was that they're supposed to let themselves go from attachments like material attachments and then they go to vegas and have a pizza party right beforehand like there's clearly some amount of like still enjoying those things before leading up to like i i I, just the fact that they did celebrate in that way i think kind of like gives you this really sad picture of like they still found enjoyment in those things Mm -hmm. But then, and like, that was what they did before the end. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, well, when all was said and done, they um, took a bunch of barbiturates. Barbiturates? Barbiturates? Barbiturates. Was there, is there an er in there? I mean, I the word has an er. Barbit- I think it's barbiturates. Barbituate. Okay. Well, the I was typing it in without the R, and my autocorrect put the R in. I was like, oh, I guess that's I what it wrong. is. I don't know. But I don't know how to pronounce it. All right, barbituate. We're gonna go with barbituates. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so they put a bunch of barbituates in applesauce, ate that, and then drank a full glass of vodka, Oof. which is like, wow, um, that's really impressive. But um, like goodness gracious. But yeah, so they. They, they did it in two waves. They The first group did it on the first day, and the second group covered them in these purple blankets that um, were purple because that was Bonnie's favorite color. And then the next day, Herf and the remaining group, um, then they went through with it. And apparently before they did it, they also filmed these exit tapes of what they wanted people to know. And... Also, they got 39 policies of alien abduction insurance, which, uh, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, but, and, like, 
we should hold that person who gave them that insurance accountable. Like, I would be questioning, like, why, one, do you want this? Like, what is this for? I mean, there's... There's an yeah you can make it you can make up an insurance policy for anything. But so like, still, like if 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 someone came in and was like I want I need thirty nine insurance policies for like alien abduction, I would be like I'm concerned. Like why? Uh, I mean I don't know. That'd Dif- be a red flag. <laughs> Capitalism, baby. Oh my goodness, I man. <laughs> yeah, well. Pretty crazy stuff. I yeah. want to watch the documentary because I'm really curious about this whole thing. But yeah, they... Yeah. 39 people. Yeah, I... Oh, hi, oh. Largest, suicide, largest mass suicide on American soil. Yeah. I highly recommend the documentary. They actually show, like, pieces of the exit tapes and just, like, the tapes that Herf had made, like, throughout. Um, and they're just very... They're very eerie. They're It's, like, very sad to watch. And, like, it's just... It's strange. It's a strange. Like you feel strange watching it. Yeah, I don't, that's like <laughs> that's the know. best I can describe it. Well, uh, thank God this is not the thing that we were covering second because this would have been a pretty <laughs> a bummer. To yeah, leave off pretty on. crappy way to finish this off. So, uh, if we have nothing else left to say, I mean, is any any other facts? Um, that you yeah, put out I there? do. I do have some facts. Okay, let's 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 do it. Yeah, so I don't have too much, and we pretty much covered some of the facts that I that I had, um, but I did want to give a rundown of. I looked up kind of like what were the top like five cults, um, like from in the U.S. Okay, um, just to say like which one, because I knew I know like before I even like really got into cults and like learning about them. Heaven's Gate was like the one that I knew, like it was like the top one I've heard of. Um, I didn't know like the details of it, but. I, had, I just remember seeing it. And so on Rolling Stone website, they had like a list of pretty much like the top five cults in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, one of them being Heaven's Gate. Um, another one was the Branch Davidians, which the Branch Davidians, I, if you're going to keep listening to the podcast, I recommend that one next because okay. that one is wild. And like it, it was it basically what makes it so famous is it ended up being like a standoff. So this happened in Waco, Texas. On, they had a compound in Waco, Texas, and it ends up being like a standoff between the cult and like the FBI. And you actually like the FBI messed up. Like the FBI did not handle this at all. And so you like it's like both are at fault. The cult, the cult is at fault, and the FBI. And it's just such a weird, crazy like that standoff lasted for like fifty-one days. It ends up with like, what? The, yeah, it ends up with the, the compound basically being like blown up. People die. Children what? die. It's crazy. So yeah. So ten was that? Ten. This was so Branch Davidians lasted from fifty-five to ninety-three. So and that happened in ninety-three. Yes. That's crazy. It's wild. It's wild. Okay. Um. So yeah. So I recommend that one next if you're gonna keep listening, which I hope you do because it's that podcast is amazing. All right. Um. The next one I had never heard of. It was called La Solo. Sullivanians, <laughs> um, which lasted from fifty-seven to ninety-one. Pretty much, it's it. What from what it seems like the only fifties. Yeah, the only description I got was that it's like it was like a polyamorous commune. Okay. Um, and that's really nothing like true crazy happened in terms of like how it ended. Basically, the people started to just like I think drop out of it, and okay. then the leader died, and they were like, "We'll end this." Okay. Polyamorous um, commune is in my head like a synonym for cult, but <laughs> I mean. 
are all I don't know if all cults are polyamorous. Uh yeah, I know. I just <laughs> when you say cult, I think of think it, yeah. that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think a lot, a lot, maybe all, I don't know, but I feel like a lot are. Um, then of course you have children of God, um, which still exists today. You say of course, and I'm like, I don't <laughs> I don't oh, yeah. know what that so, is. Children of God is a big one, and it still exists today under a different name. Um, it it doesn't, which I recommend the podcast episodes of Children of God as well because they're really interesting, which I, I don't know if I finished the series, but okay. um, that started in 68, still exists today under a different name. It started off being very just like very awful. <laughs> so like it started off with like the recruitment was basically the leader would send out young women to like have sex with people in order to get them to join. Um, there was a lot of like sex with minors, sex with children. Um, it was pretty much like what? supported within the cult. Um, ag- again, present day. Cause again, it's still, it exists today. That's not a thing. Um, but Joaquin Phoenix and Rose McGowan, um, were born into the, this cult. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Um, and they talk and they, they actively talk about how they like denounce the cult. Like they, they're like, this cult was bad. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's a big one. Um, and then the last one is People's Temple, which is like Jonestown, um, oh, okay. Because it, it started Jonestown's in, the only one that I know about. Yeah, it's it started in Indiana. At some point, they moved to California. But, of course, the mass suicide happened in Guyana. Right. Um, and over 900... South America. Yeah, over 900 people committed suicide. Yeah. Three people were shot and killed. It was like... Or four people were shot and killed. It was a, some journalist and a, uh, a defector. Oh, my gosh. Were shot and killed. So, yeah. So, that's a big one. But, but those are the top ones. Um, but, yeah... In terms of cult podcasts, highly recommend you guys go check it out. Start with Heaven's Gate. I think that's a really good kind of intro cult. <laughs> um, intro cult. <laughs> intro cult, yeah. Um, they have a great series on Charles Manson. They have the Branch Davidians one is super it's just interesting. Not the words that I would ever want to hear. <laughs> I know it sounds weird. Uh, a great series on Charles Manson. I'm like, Charles, how about no? No, Charles <laughs> uh, Manson infuriates me. I was livid after listening to that okay <laughs> but anyway go listen to these things if you're interested in yes. the subject matter yes not for everyone this is not a general <laughs> audience recommendation like oh my god you have to listen to this great thing about charles manson like I don't know. Yeah, I don't mean to say it lightly of like, oh, this is so much fun. I don't mean it like that. A lot of these are really hard to listen to. Again, trigger warning, lots of sexual assault and things like that. Suicide. It's late for a trigger warning. I mean. We did it at the beginning. Yeah, we did it at the beginning. But like, just again, if you're interested in listening to this podcast. And they, they also give trigger warnings in the podcast. And and then I think the great thing about their podcast is like, of course, they have that, like, levity with, like, the jokes and stuff that they make. But then there's, like, some things where they're, like, we are not going to make a joke because this is really horrible. And, like, it's, like, they know how to balance that, like, when to appropriately joke about something and when to be, like, no, this is, like, really yeah, terrible. That's, yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. I just I recommend it. They do live shows. I would really love to go to one of their live shows. We'll see if that ever happens. But, but yeah, All I right. recommend Sounds sounds good. I yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Sounds good. 
All right. We are, yeah, moving moving along. This, wow. I I didn't think we were going to have that much to say about that. I know. Um, well, we'll see how much we have to say about mine, because <laughs> I took, I have no notes. I literally, my notes don't make sense. My notes are me trying to figure out what the heck was going on. So, for my assignment, I got Marvel Wastelanders, the Black Widow series. It's, uh, for branding, it's... Marvel's Wastelanders, Black Widow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's what I just said. <laughs> you said Marvel. No S. Whatever. I put a the. Whatever. Who's the Black Widow? I said the Black Widow series. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> anyway. Go on, go on. Basically, the format of this podcast, it's basically a story. It's like storytelling. Um, it's as if you're like watching a TV show without watching a TV show. You're yeah. listening to a show play out, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so... Sound effects and everything. Yes. There's sound effects and everything, which I'll come back to in a minute. <laughs> but um, basically what this is about is... Wait, real quick, before we dive into what it's about, can I kind of provide a little bit of context on like just what these series are? Mm-hmm. Um, so like... Yeah, so I mean, Marvel around like 2018 uh, first created this podcast, this narrative podcast storytelling series called uh, Wolverine the Long Night, which was the first one that I listened to. It was really good. I highly recommend it to anybody that's a fan of like just Marvel or Wolverine, whatever. Like, you don't even have to, you could have like a very basic understanding of Wolverine and listen to that and be like, that was really, really interesting. Um, But, uh, so the Marvel's Wastelanders series started with Marvel's Wastelanders, Star-Lord, and then they did one with Hawkeye, and then what we listened to was Black Widow, and then they have one that they're doing now, which is for Wolverine, and it's going to all wrap up with uh, Marvel's Wastelanders, Doom, which is going to be like a team-up of like all four of these characters uh, together in one series because uh, all of them are not connected but they all take place in the same universe which is um well i'll let you get to that to that piece of like what kind of universe this is if maybe I you don't get to yeah it. maybe you don't even know and i'll have to fill that in later but um yeah so it, like they've been making these for a while and um there's the Wolverine series. There's this series. I think they now have like a Squirrel Girl radio show series. They did a, um, they did one with the Fantastic Four. I forgot what it was called. It was like Marvel's Marvelous. <laughs> I don't know if it was. That's probably not it. But um, I listened to that one too, and it was. They're all they're all really good, and they all, um, just provide like some really interesting. They're delivering a story in a way that I've never experienced before, um, which is why I wanted to give this because it's still there's still a narrative component, um, and yeah, go listen to them if you're interested. Start with start with Wolverine: The Long Night. I think that's the best one. If you like that, listen to the rest. But if you're gonna listen to any of them, listen to that one. But um, we went with the Marvel's Wastelanders Black Widow because I think this was probably my second favorite one. Now, go go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to butcher this. But what this show is about is you are... Basically, the setting is this apartment building called Onar. 
Um, however, I, I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's this building called Onar that has a bunch of residents. Um, people who are more wealthy and powerful kind of live at the top levels. And as you go down, it's kind of like common people, I guess, living in the apartments. Yes. Um, but we follow this girl named Lisa who works for a company called Panoptico. Panopticog. Panopticog. (laughs) Panopticog. And we find out that Panopticog is basically a surveillance company. Uh, Wait, I said that wrong. Surveillance. 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 What? (laughs) (laughs) Surveillance. Surveillance. No, no, no. no. Whatever. One more time. Surveillance. Surveillance. Perfect. They're spying on people. Yes, they're spying on people. Um, um, so, yeah. Keep going. So, basically, the so Lisa and other people who work at for this company, they are keeping an eye on all the residents of Onar. Basically, they're, like, saying, it's like, oh, we're protecting the residents. Like, we're making sure they're all safe and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, people get assigned to, like, specific people to watch. And one of the people that... Uh, Lisa gets to watch as a woman named Helen. And so Helen's this like kind of interesting woman. She teaches her yoga classes and kind of like does whatever. Um, but Lisa and her coworker Jordan kind of have this hypothesis that like maybe she's the Black Widow. And they're like, <laughs> well, no. I mean, I'm sure something happens that led them to that thought. I forget well, what. But It starts with Lisa being like very suspicious of helen and being like something kind of weird about her i don't think they jumped to the black widow conclusion together i I don't think jordan Jordan, said something about it he probably said something about it but he didn't know that for sure until like episode like six or seven that's why i said the hypothesis well lisa's (laughs) got it like down pat figured out like having a full-blown conversation with helen her saying i'm Yelena Belova. Yeah. Uh, so my bad. Um, yeah, like, let me get to that part day. I just said there was a hypothesis. My bad. But that's so, like, she finds out at like episode one or two. That's okay. my point. Okay. There's a hypothesis. My bad. I apologize. There's a hypothesis that this might be the Black Widow. Uh, Lisa looks into it. Eventually, Helen's like, I'm Yelena. We find out later she's actually Natasha, but everyone thought she was Natasha was dead, and they didn't know where Yelena was. Like, and people were trying to figure that out. Yeah. Um, Even in the uh, in the Hawkeye uh, podcast, they he you know he Hawkeye's always saying like Natasha's dead. Like you know it's it's this like known thing. Like she's dead, uh, mm-hmm. just like in universe, and so. When you find out in like episode eight of this, mm-hmm. like, oh shoot, like Helen was Natasha, not Yelena. That was like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so this is where things get a bit iffy in terms of my understanding of what is going on. Yeah, it does get a little. Yeah, it's it's a bit complex. So um, Lisa basically gets assigned to like solely focus on Helen. Um, and so she ends up kind of being placed into like the role of like spying on Helen in real life, not just like, you know, from listening to like conversations. Like going into the field exactly. and like observing her. Yeah. So she's in the field. So she like basically becomes friends with Helen and it's like a true friendship. 
And then, of course, Helen, like, lets her know, like, who she really is. And they kind of team up to bring down this operation that they're trying to figure out. And this operation is basically a bunch of dudes who are kind of peddling something called apple juice. Yes. Um, And... I was, it wasn't until freaking episode 10, the last episode that I really even, and I don't even know for sure if I understand what apple juice is, but basically apple juice is something called extremis. Yes. And so extremis is, uh, well, it's a serum that can make you stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, It can do a bunch of other things, but they can also use it to like jam signals so that people can't spy on them. So that panopticog can't listen to their conversations. Because everybody who like starts to live in this building has like a chip yeah a neural chip yes put put into them by the building yes yes and so it allows them to be able to like say things and and peddle this thing without other without panopticog knowing can i can i say two things Mm -hmm. um so extremis have you seen iron man 3 nope Okay. I don't think so. So in Iron Man 3, like, Extremis is, like, a big thing in that movie. It, like, never comes back up in the MCU. Mm -hmm. But, um, so, like, my whole... I was definitely benefited by my prior understanding of what Extremis was from Mm -hmm. watching Iron Man 3. Mm -hmm. It's not exactly depicted the same way, Mm -hmm. um, but it was, like having that background knowledge Mm -hmm. definitely helped when listening to this when they said extremis it's kind of like a ooh snap it's extremis um but if you have no prior background like you're not you're just gonna be like okay let me tell you (laughs) they kept saying apple juice and i was like is this a drug what is this and then jordan was like they're jamming and i was like what is jamming and then it was like they're doing something with the signal and i was like oh that's what apple juice is it's jamming and then all of a sudden they were like extremists i was like what the heck is extremists they have extremists and they have apple juice they're the same thing <laughs> and i didn't i it took me so long to piece together that it was the same thing you guys i listened to episodes three through five each three times and that's, i'm not kidding that's wild I, i'm because i was so lost i could not understand (laughs) (laughs) it's okay it's okay well something i also wanted to clarify because i feel like we just kind of skirted around the fact that they've got chips put into them like neural chips put into them by uh you know signing up for an apartment building Mm -hmm. so something about this wastelanders universe i should clarify is that um this is all taking place in a world where they're the heroes died like the heroes lost the villains like all banded together and like took out the heroes Mm -hmm. and now like the united states has been uh broken up into like different factions or regions and so like in the star lord one it like takes place in like the western part of america i believe and that area is like all run by uh dr doom in hawkeye it's like they um it's all that like their whole area that they're in is run by uh, baron zemo and in this it's like they're talking about president red, red skull, skull. Yeah. so it is all this is kind of like a dystopian post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. uh you know villains one mm-hmm. world that this is all taking place in yeah but it, what i think is so weird is like you the people the residents they didn't have to get this chip put in because 
Helen was like, oh, yeah, I like I denied it. I didn't want it put in, so I didn't get it put in. I feel like she just black widowed her way out of getting it. <laughs> really? Because they said, because they asked, because uh, who was it? It was like Crispin or something. And she was like, oh, like, why did, like, because I think she was talking to Stanley and Stanley was like, yeah, like Crispin got the chip put in and she was like you would think he would reject it like i did and then he was like well there's benefits to having the chip like you can get this it, oh, okay. it makes your life know easier was, i didn't know it was a choice <laughs> we should probably clarify who stanley is <laughs> so so basically <laughs> this is where i get hazy Be- i mean i said that literally two seconds ago but yeah i and this is like a real downfall okay i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about real quick like how what i thought of this before i start to talk about the actual content of it mm-hmm um, I clearly, as you guys have heard, had a really hard time with this podcast. Um, one, because because it was in a storytelling format and not just like a conversation between people. I had a really hard time just like keeping up with stuff. And there was, I didn't just like t- listen to this as I was doing other stuff. I mean, eventually I did because I kind of gave up on trying to understand it after I watched the episodes or listened to the episodes a million That's times. Fair. But before <laughs> I like really sat down and I all I did was just like, listen and try to like really keep up and i i couldn't and i even tried to look for transcripts because i was like is there something i can read can i read what they're saying like because some some podcasts they like make things accessible by like providing transcripts as well marvel step up your game because i couldn't find anything um are we providing transcripts no yeah (laughs) so (laughs) we'll get there we'll get there (laughs) um but yeah, but so yeah, I tried to find a, a transcript. I couldn't find anything. And so, yeah, I just had a really hard time. There's a lot of characters and it's, That's, yeah, yeah, there's, you, there's no faces to the name. Yeah. You follow like in, in Panopticog, you're following like five different people. You have Jordan, you have Lisa, you have like their boss, Hank, you have Judy, who's like, I think the upper, upper boss. But Judy ended up being, she ends up being a Stark. Oh, yeah. She's Arno Stark's daughter, and Arno yeah. Stark is Tony Stark's brother, which I didn't know he had a brother. <laughs> yeah, but I'll get to that in a minute. But um, And then there's also, like, an IT guy. I think his name's, like, Victor or something like that. Um, he, I, okay. Yeah, and then, like, and then in terms of, like, Onar Residence, you're following, like, Crispin. You're following Stanley. You're following Bob. You're following Helen. You're following, like, Samantha. Which one was Crispin? Uh, exactly he's uh. like he's above I, he, I, he's like above stanley oh, and, and crispin. bob Cris- yeah crispin yeah I crispin. <laughs> but exactly that's my point is there's so many people a lot of times the guys voices sound the same yeah no so the, I, a lot of the guys voices sound yeah super similar yeah and so i don't even know who's really talking i didn't understand the hierarchy of people which seemed really important for like understanding how apple juice was being like disseminated to people right um and who was kind of involved in it um and so yeah so i found myself just like really frustrated and annoyed and then on top of that i think the beauty of marvel is being able to see people in combat yeah and like see them do what they do especially for black widow like you you want to see her kick butt and to have little audio of like i think they're fighting (laughs) okay (laughs) but there's not what i like about these these podcasts is that they focus on telling the story. They don't focus on like, you know, it, it's it's like the smaller stuff that's mm-hmm. happening in universe of like people talking like, you know, Lisa Cartwright and all these other characters like they don't exist in the comics. They're mm-hmm. just like specific to this. And so it gives the creators the freedom to like tell 
a story that doesn't have to be this big Marvel action set piece. Mm-hmm. So like, that's what I like about it. And it's, it's this like smaller mm-hmm. feel and you know, like it is a story, but there's no narration. It's all being told through dialogue and sound effects. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. Like Marvel is a lot of fun because we get these like big action set pieces, but mm-hmm. I think it says a lot about like the strength of your universe if you're able to tell these smaller stories mm-hmm. that can be engaging. Maybe this isn't the best example. <laughs> Go listen to Wolverine the Long Night. It's great. Um, that are, yeah, just like engaging to the listeners. Yeah, I, I totally understand your point. But yeah, but I, I guess for me as like a at least I'm more, I guess I'm more of a movie fan. I don't know. I guess, I guess for me, it's just like, I didn't find it captivating. I found it as like this girl who keeps going back and forth where she's at the office. Then she's like doing meeting Stanley. Then she's at the office. Then she's like meeting Stanley again. Then she's at the office. Then she's like meeting Stanley again. And I'm like, I don't, what do you do? Like, I don't care about any of this. This is like not interesting to me. And because I don't see Helen and Helen's kind of also a boring character. Like she's like a background. Yeah, she's very like time. she doesn't really do much until like the end. But then in the end, because it's just audio, I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I I just yeah, I didn't know what was going on. So so yeah, so like I just really found it hard to be captivated by this and to care about anything that was happening. Okay. Um but yeah, but I mean, I, I again, I completely understand your point of view and I get that. Yeah, and I, I totally understand your criticisms. I think the reason why I liked this one the most mm-hmm. of at least the Marvel's Wastelanders series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, you know, the Wolverine ones, the, the early ones, and even this new one might be even be better than this. Um, but like, you know, the early Wolverine ones are, you know, obviously the best, but... Um, mm-hmm. As I've already said like five times, but I think the reason why I like this one a lot is because of where it takes place mm-hmm. inside this like building. Mm-hmm. I like I think personally for me like I become really interested in stories where the setting that the story takes place in is mm-hmm. like its own important character mm-hmm. in how it plays a role in like the large story and how everybody interacts with it. And so for them to be like, you know, inside this building where there's surveillance, but you also just kind of like live here and like work here. Um, Mm -hmm. And like there's like really nice restaurants at the top and like everybody's kind of poor down below. And like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's like secret shady dealings happening somehow Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time. Like like, that's to me, that's like, oh, really cool setting, really cool Mm -hmm just set piece um yeah but like that's the thing is like i agree with that i thought the setting was really cool but because i can't visualize it i'm not getting it and so like if if let's say this returned into like a show right then i think i would be interested because like i do think it's really cool to have this building where they're being surveilled it's very black mirror yeah and i love that but I couldn't, I couldn't picture it. I, it despite yeah, like having it, the sound effects and whatnot, or like it the description. Yeah, I, I need, I need to be able to to visualize it. And if I can't visualize it, then the story's lost on me. Okay. Yeah, but no, I get it. Um, Wolverine: The Long Night. Go listen to it. <laughs> I'm not even it's a Wolverine movie fan. And, well, there's, there's like, Wolverine: The Long Night is good because it's not. Um, it's like Wolverine's barely in it. He's mm-hmm. just he's he is kind of like this background figure, 
And so the focus is more so on like these people who are investigating him in like this small town in Alaska. And there's like not a lot of characters. It's like it's very easy to follow exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it feels more like grounded and less like fantastical Marvel. It's kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like they're hunting Bigfoot, but it's Wolverine. (laughs) Um, What's the difference? (laughs) (laughs) So that, I, I think it's just. Mm-hmm. really good yeah side note mm-hmm. um natasha helen uh helen natasha black widow there we go black widow in this podcast is voiced by susan sarandon mm-hmm. which i thought was kind of cool who's that oh <laughs> well she's a big actress um she's known for like a lot voice of actress things. or like no actress, like actress actress, actress. what's she in Oh, let me look it up. I know her from so many things, but they're not really the right things that I should be referencing that somebody should know her from. Um, Thelma and Louise. Oh, I haven't seen that. She played Louise. She's in, I mean, she was in Wait, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Wait, is that the Stuart Little Girl? In... The Stuart Little Woman mom? No. That one Was she in? That oh, wait, I think I'm thinking of uh, The League of The that own. you would even put... The Stuart Little mom, no shade towards her. Oh, she's actress. fantastic. <laughs> the fact that you would put her in the same level of fame as Susan Sarandon is like um, I mean, she to was me. a league of, is it a league of their own? Is that what it's called? The baseball movie? It's the baseball movie? Oh, yeah. I haven't, let me, let me check. Do, 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 do. Oh, is it the woman with the curly hair? Uh, doesn't look like Susan Sarandon's in that. Um, is it the, like Susan Sarandon is somebody that I could like. Picture. I could say like, "Oh, hey, mom, you like Susan Sarandon?" My mom knows exactly who Susan Sarandon is. That's who I, the curly hair woman in the in Thelma and Louise, right? Her hair was curly. Uh, yeah, I, know her. I, I guess I haven't seen Thelma and Louise. So. <laughs> oh well, it's funny because you said A League of Their Own and Gina Davis. That's who I was referring Gina to. Gina Davis is in A League of Their Own and Thelma and Louise. Susan Sarandon is the other. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> I was like, is it? You were literally talking crap about Gina Davis, and I'm upset. I literally don't know who <laughs> that is. You're like the Stuart <laughs> Little Mom. I'm like, she's literally is, top Is she in Thelma and Louise? Yeah. Wait, the, wait, Gina Davis is the Stuart Little Mom? I thought she was. Oh. Oh. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, she is. Okay. My bad. No, uh, the other one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I got it. I was like, oh, the girl, with the, the woman with the curly hair. Um, yeah, I do like her. She's cool. Um, did not <laughs> yeah, know her name cool. was Susan yeah. Sarandon. Right on. <laughs> yeah, Susan Sarandon's fantastic. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really cool that she like was on with this project. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, yeah, so basically they are solving this whole apple juice thing. At some point, a big storm comes in and kills a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, Jordan, I think, kills people. I don't know how that happened. He, well, I, he was like the reason behind people getting killed. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, it was not very clear yeah. why it was his fault. Or yeah. Like that. Um, yeah, it turns out Samantha's Yelena. Samantha ends up getting shot and like dying, basically. Who's Samantha? Samantha's Crispin's fiance. Yep. And Crispin, I think, the one that we could barely remember. Yeah, and Samantha, I think, is at the head honcho in terms of like. That's right. She's apple juice. She's the one that's yeah yeah disseminating this apple juice. Yeah, turns out it's Elena. 
Helen, aka Natasha, aka Black Widow, is trying to take her out by right. pretending to be Elena. Yeah. And so. Yeah, which I'm like, do you not recognize your own sister? Like, oh, but I guess they, they never, never met. They, they never, never met face to face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah until yeah. the end. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Judy is a Stark and is like, I don't care that Yelena got shot. She killed my dad or whatever. Okay. I, <laughs> I'm not sure we need to say much else. <laughs> but yeah, essentially that's the story and that's how everything goes down. Um, I really don't have much to add. Again, by the end of it, I was like, I don't know what I just listened to. Yeah, I mean, they're just kind of, they are fun to listen to. Like, they are captivating. I don't think that all of them are necessarily, like, great. Mm -hmm. But, again, Wolverine the Long Night, that one's, like, (laughs) stands on its own as something that's, like, really interesting to listen to. Mm -hmm. And all of these are written in such a way that, like, every episode ends on this, like, big cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And it makes you go, ooh. And then the guy comes in, he's like, this was recorded on a sad agreement with different actors. Um, yeah. Our line producer is blah 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 Oh my gosh. I was like, is that the what if, dude? Those wastelanders. Yeah. Uh, no, it is not It is not Jeffrey Rush. Um, but it's a guy with a cool voice for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have overall. I oh, gotta bad. say I was not a fan, but... Okay. You know, it's okay. I my bad. I said Jeffrey Rush. That is a completely different actor. That is the guy that plays Barbosa in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. I am talking about. This is gonna really bug me. Uh, the guy from Westworld, Jeffrey Wright. Mm, yeah, close. Yeah, I mean Jeffrey. <laughs> but yeah. So, any other thoughts on? Marvel Wastelanders. No, that was literally everything I had. Um, I just like it because it's a different form of storytelling, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I don't really hear... I don't see other podcasts that are, tr- like, telling these narrative stories. I think, you know, this is a Marvel production, so they are doing it to, like, a certain level of high production value. Like, they've got really good sound designers on this thing. Um, so, like, th- I think that's what makes it stand out, ultimately, is just that it's, like, mm-hmm. it's a one-of-a-kind way to consume a story i wonder what the process is of creating this like is it similar to how you would create like an animated show or like yeah i wonder like how they go about step by step creating a podcast like this yeah they probably have a screenplay but none of the maybe all of the like liner notes that would be clarifying like what the camera is doing that you see in a screenplay Mm -hmm are more so highlighting like the sound effects Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because essentially it is i feel like the same as if you were to create like an animated show but i'm wondering if like how they incorporate those sound effects is maybe a little bit different than they would an animated show yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's definitely got it it's got to be a lot more technical in how they line up like at what point they mm-hmm. want to have the sound effects happen yeah. because a lot of people that are creating sound effects for um you know tv movies animated shows whatever are like given footage yeah. and they have to like map the sound effect exactly to the footage yeah in this case it's like they don't have a visual mm-hmm. maybe that gives them i wonder if that makes it more difficult or if it makes yeah. it easier 
I feel like that makes it more difficult because they really have to make sure their sound, because the sound is what's telling the story. Right. And so if they mess up the sound, there's no visual to be like, oh, this is what that was. Yeah. So I imagine it'd be harder. They really have to be like concise or not. That's not the word I'm looking for. They really have to be like, hmm, what's the word? Like, like specific maybe? Like, yeah. I mean, somebody can definitely like go through the audio file of like everything that's been mixed so far, like the, of mm-hmm. the dialogue mm-hmm. and like, you know, put add marks to where like they you know add a comment saying like big explosions down here (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like it's the most like simple things that would be the hardest like sounds you would hear in a bar Mm -hmm. like hearing people talking hearing like the sound of drinks hearing someone pour a drink like that is like very specific and very it's a very simple sound, but like really important in terms of creating that ambiance. And that's the stuff that I really appreciate about this. Cause mm-hmm. there is a, a craft to creating this. You and I are just two people having a conversation <laughs> about some content we swapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is like, there's a whole story. It's a production. There are sound designers on it. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in order to yeah. just make that one thing. Yeah, I definitely appreciate the technical aspect of creating something like that. I think that's really cool. Yeah, I just can't get into it. (laughs) I I appreciate it. it. (laughs) I mean, maybe there's a reason not everybody knows that that this even exists, Mm -hmm. especially like with it coming from such a big property as Marvel, which has like, you know, eight of all the top 10 movies um, Mm -hmm. of, of all time, like, you know, Mm-hmm. on their portfolio so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i i don't i would definitely be interested if anybody knows of any other like narrative podcasts like this that use sound effects mm-hmm. um that are out there and if this was kind of like the first one or if they took inspiration from something else i feel like this probably wasn't the first because you have like i feel like the other kind of genre podcast that really does these kind of things is like true crime, like mm. crime podcasts. Like they'll create these like narratives and, and that like, sort of thing. There's a lot of storytelling podcasts out there. Yeah. Or like audiobooks. Some audiobooks yeah. like have sound effects put in as well. Yeah. I've only read one audiobook and I hated it for the same reason. I couldn't, I couldn't follow the story. I, I do enjoy a good audiobook uh, sometimes, but I definitely think like, I mean, just the, the way that this has to be written is so like the dialogue has to be descriptive yet believable Mm -hmm. because you don't get visual cues and you don't get narration that Mm -hmm. you get from an audiobook Mm -hmm. so like again yeah very well technically crafted maybe just Mm -hmm. write a more easy an easier to follow story next time (laughs) yeah oh can i add one more note just about the story itself about a specific character um, the character Jordan, who's her coworker, absolutely hated him. I, I, I liked his character. <laughs> oh my gosh. First, he's a snitch. That's true. I, I was think like, he just kept things interesting though. No, he wanted, he was trying to like be the big man. So he became a snitch. He didn't know what was going on. And everyone had to be like, you don't know what's going on. I mean, he sucks. He yeah. sucks. And then at the end, he like gets an award and everyone's like, we literally don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> He sucks, but I I liked listening to anytime he was like active, yeah, on doing anything. I was like, well, th- this is when things are actually getting interesting. <laughs> so yeah, boom, mm. there you go. Yep. All right. Well, that's yeah. 
it's yeah. like we spent like an hour on cult podcasts and then this is like 20 minutes maybe <laughs> it's so confusing yeah. i'm like what did i just listen to but yeah so well, let's go ahead and check it out if you're interested uh dear listener um dearest listener <laughs> <laughs> um but definitely check out marvel's wolverine the long night mm-hmm. and they also that one was so good they made a sequel to it called wolverine uh the lost trail which so is listen to all the wolverines yeah listen to all the wolverine ones it's currently uh labeled on spotify as wolverine uh the lost trail but if you go all the way back to the beginning of when they first started posting those it's the the long night and so it's it's kind of like a one se- season one season two kind of thing i think like season one long night's better but um the lost trail is also like pretty good mm-hmm. and that one takes place in like louisiana um like in new orleans and the first one takes place in like alaska and again those settings like really kind of feed into the whole vibe mm-hmm. of like what's going on and like the types of interactions that the characters have gotcha. and that's all <laughs> all right well let's get to our assignments for all the right week. who is assigning first you go ahead okay so i um yeah, so I wanted to give you a game again, um, <laughs> despite you always kind of being like, eh, I don't want a game. <laughs> That's not what you sound like. Um, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a few weeks ago, I asked you, um, do you like escape rooms? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, do you like stories about murder? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, do you like anime? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I've got the <laughs> perfect thing for you. So I'm giving you a game called Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward. That's a long name. It is a very long <laughs> name. I, I could have gone longer if I wanted to. Um, it's part of a series. It's part of the Zero Escape series. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you know, depending on where you look, it'll be labeled as like the non-airy games. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, the Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward. I think in Japan, it's like a completely different name. So mm-hmm. um, that translates to something totally different. But that's the game that I'm giving you. You can either play it on my 3DS, which is how I originally played it, or you can play it on my Xbox on the TV. Okay, cool. And it's on Game Pass if anybody wants to check it out. All right. So I wanted to give you a TV show because you reminded me. I was like, oh, I'm debating if I should give you a TV show. And you were like, you literally haven't given me a show since like Bridgerton. I was like, oh, you're right. So I'm giving you a show that I recently fell in love with. And that is Only Murders in the Building. Oh, yeah. I've been curious about this. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. So. I really enjoy it. It's, de- it's basically like the board game Clue mm-hmm. in a TV show. <laughs> and it's very kind of cozy. And there's a building. There's a building. I like it when things take place you in buildings. You love a good building. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's very like kind of a cozy, fun, interesting murder mystery. And season two just came out. There's only two episodes that have been released. Um, I got the pre- season one pretty quickly. Wait, season two's only had two episodes released? So far, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it just had its season finale or something. Mm-mm. No, it just started. Oh, so okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Yay. All right. <laughs> how many? How long are those episodes again? Good question. I think they might be like maybe 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. Only murders in the building and zero escape virtues last reward. Yes. Also, you can find only murders in the building on Hulu. Perfect. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 
I'm looking at it right now. Only two episodes of this season. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. 35, 30 to 35 minute episodes. Oh, gotcha. So quick, easy. 10 episodes fun. a season. Yeah. So I'll probably watch the whole first season. Nice. If I'm doing it right. Nice. Yeah. So that'll be our next week's episode. Cool. All right. We see will see you, you next then. Next week. <laughs> next. We'll see you next then. <laughs> Bye. Bye.